Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Basket. I'm your host, Brandon Muting. In today's episode, I'm actually going to be going over every single... Okay, let me rephrase that. Not every single game that has happened in the past week, but each of these games are going to include all 11 Big East basketball teams. Now, the reason why I did this is to show how competitive the conference is this year. And guys, it is March 1st. March 14th is Selection Sunday. It is two weeks away, and literally so many teams in this conference can make it, but also only a couple of teams can make it. We're at that point. I think the Big East Tournament's going to be a wild card. I think literally anybody could win the tournament. I think all the top teams could get knocked off in the first round. It is just that competitive in Big East basketball this year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some Big East basketball games to start off the podcast. And then, of course, I'm going to go over the Big East bench player, Big East player of the week, and the Big East team of the week. Then we're going to get some to AP poll results. We definitely have some surprise, surprising teams in the AP poll results. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit outside the Big East conference when we get to that. And then I'm going to talk about my seedings for the Big East teams when it comes to bracketology. Guys... March Madness is on its way. We went a whole year without it, and I am so excited to be able to fill out brackets again to see which teams can knock off big teams, to see that Cinderella story. I am so pumped for basketball this year. Now, we're going to start off with a game between the Providence Friars and the Xavier Musketeers. Xavier's leading scorer was Zach Fremantle, who had 24 points, and Paul Scruggs, Right behind him with 22 points. Xavier was looking like a good team, but Providence leading scorer, Noah Horchler, a forward, not I haven't heard his name much this year, scored 20 points for the Friars as David Duke scored 18 points for Ed Cooley's team. Now, taking a look at some positives for the Xavier Musketeers, they only had eight turnovers. They really limited their turnovers in this game. And in the Big East, that's what you need because these teams capitalize off turnovers. Now, a good factor for Providence is that they shot 52.4% from three, shooting 11 for 21. That is pretty decent. And like I said, in Big East basketball, there are teams who can shoot the three really well, and there's teams who can't. Providence, Providence kind of wasn't that team last year, but this year with factors like David Duke in there, they're becoming a better three-point shooting team. Now, some down factors for both teams. Xavier only shot 17.6% from beyond the arc, shooting three for 17. Not the brightest thing for Travis Steele. Xavier, you know, without Najee Marshall, they're not really a shot-making team. They don't really create better, or they don't create as good of shots as they did last season. Now, a downside for Providence is they only, how do I put this? I don't even know if you want to consider it a down stat or not. They only had, they only shot 82% from the free throw line. Like, that's actually pretty good. I don't know if you want to consider that a down stat. 
I personally wouldn't consider it a down stat, but you know that that's like the worst stat they had in this game, giving the Friars a win, 83 to 68. So once again, Xavier, a team that people thought are going to make the March Madness tournament, getting crushed by Providence. That is an example of the Big East Conference this year. Now, moving on to our next game, the Marquette Golden Eagles taking on the UConn Huskies. So, the leading scorer for Marquette was Dawson Garcia with 18 points, and actually coming off the bench was Justin Lewis, the second best scorer, with 14 points. Now, taking a look at UConn, James Knight, who had 24 points, it's good to see him back on the court, and RJ Cole, who actually took Knight's position, started this game and had 21 points. So I'm wondering if they're trying to convert R.J. Cole into more of a shooting guard and Tyrese, uh, Tyrese Martin into more of a small forward. They're playing a little bit of small ball right now, um, which, you know, it's Creighton is a smaller team. So if UConn has to play small but put in all their best players, that's what it costs. Now, in this game, the best stats for both teams... Marquette actually out-rebounded UConn only by two rebounds. They rebounded, or they had 37 rebounds. The Huskies only had 35. But the Golden Eagles had 15 offensive rebounds, and UConn only had 10. So Marquette was really crashing the glass against Dan Hurley's team. Now looking at UConn, they shot 88.9% from the free, free throw line, excuse me, only missing one free throw. Not too shabby there, and the Big East Conference, I want to say, is one of the worst conferences in free throw shooting at the moment. So for UConn to pull out that stat is a good thing, not only for Connecticut, but for the Big East Conference. Now, some downsides for both teams. Marquette ah, Marquette only shot 25%. Now, granted, UConn only shot 28% from the three-point range, but 4 for 16, missing 12 12 of those shots, just not not very good. So I'm going to consider that Marquette's down stat. They just did not shoot from beyond the arc very well. Now UConn's downside. Now let keep this in mind. They beat Marquette by 18 points, but they had 23 fouls for the entire game. They really got themselves into some foul trouble, but they were still able to pull out the win 80-62 to against Steven Wojanowski's team. Once again, this is the Big East Conference. You never know what to expect. And taking a look at our next game is the Villanova Wildcats, who was ranked at the time in the top 10 in the AP poll, taking on the Butler Bulldogs, who I consider at the very bottom of the conference. I think I only have them above DePaul. Villanova's leading scorer here was Jeremiah Earl Robinson, excuse me, had 16 points, and Colin Galipsy backing that up with 14 points. Taking out Laval Jordan's Butler Bulldogs, Chuck Harris really pulling it in with 20 points, and Jer Bolden had 15 points. Taking a look at the stat sheet for this game, the big thing for Villanova, they shot 91.7% from the free throw line, which is an awesome stat. I haven't seen a Big East basketball team shoot better than 90% very much this season, and Villanova was able to put that stat in there. Now, Butler's upside, they shot 27 for 54 from the field, shooting 50%, which is amazing, and that is something, especially in the Big East Conference, you have to shoot the ball well. The consistency has to stay there, so you can tell Butler really practiced hard for this game. Now, a down stat for the Villanova Wildcats is that they only shot 
7% from three-point range. They took 27 shots from beyond the arc and only made two of them. Now, Villanova is a team who makes three-point shots, but this is not their stride. This was not their game. The Butler Bulldogs down stat was from the free throw line, only shooting 45%, 9 for 20. That is an ugly stat. And the Vol Jordan, I'm guessing, is going to have them practicing on the free throw line during their next practice. However, the Butler Bulldogs pulled this one off, a big upset in the Big East, winning 73-61 to against Jay Wright's team. But that is not the only upset that happened in the Big East Conference this week. The Xavier Musketeers took on the Creighton Blue Jays, who was ranked 13th at the time. Now, Creighton, their leading scorer was forward Damian Jefferson with 19 points, and Marcus Zagorowski, who had 15 points. But Xavier, Paul Scruggs, on senior night, had 23 points, and Zach Fremantle, of course, had 17 points, backing up Travis Steele's starting squad. Taking a look at some stats, some positives, if you will, for both teams. Now, Creighton shot 42.6% from the field, which is actually pretty decent. Anything above 40% in my book, I consider pretty well. If you're shooting, if 40% of your shots are going in in a basketball game, that isn't too bad. Xavier shot 54% from the field, so obviously shot better. But Xavier's big stat here is that they had 22 assists. Now, Creighton is more known for their offense, not their defense. So to keep the ball moving like that is the weakness of the Creighton Blue Jays. And that's how Xavier stacked up assists and ended up winning this game. And that's why they shot the ball so well. The down stat for the Creighton Blue Jays only shot 50% from the free throw line. 8 for 16. They are, I'm pretty sure they're in the top, like, Three, I they're they're ranked above 300th for free throw shooting. That is terrible. Not a good stat for Greg McDermott's team. And a down stat for Xavier would be that they only they 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 kind of lost their stride. There's not really a stat I can show you on this, but they really lost their stride. Creighton was going in on nine and zero run, and Xavier fans were kind of on their seats, thinking they might lose this game. But of course, they shut them down. But there was a hot mark for two to three minutes at the very end of the game where people thought Creighton was going to pull this off. But Xavier shut them down. But during that, I think they were letting their emotions get the best of them, and it almost cost them the game. However, Xavier pulled this game off 77-69, to upsetting the Creighton Blue Jays. Taking a look at the next team, the Georgetown Hoyas taking on the DePaul Blue Demons. Georgetown, Chudier Bile had 19 points, and then Jamarco Pickett and Dante Harris both shared for 14 points. DePaul's leading scorer was, of course, Charlie Moore with 22 points backed up by actually a bench player in Ray Salnave with 11 points. Taking a look at the stat sheets for both teams, both teams shot above 90% from the free throw line. I was just talking about Villanova shooting really well from the line. Georgetown shot 90.5% from the free throw line, and DePaul shot 90%. Georgetown also out-rebounded the Blue Demons by 12, had 40 rebounds, and DePaul only had 28. So DePaul's downside here is rebounding the basketball. They got out-rebounded by 12 rebounds. The down stat for the Hoyas is that they had 19 turnovers. They almost hit the 20 mark, which if you want to, if you want to make an impressive mark in the Big East tournament, 
you cannot turn over the ball. Any of these Big East basketball teams will take over. Georgetown won 68-60. to Georgetown's going to need a Cinderella run in the Big East tournament. If they, wanna, if they want to make the big dance, they really have to. Right now, I don't think they have a chance. Now, looking at the next game is the Seton Hall Pirates taking on the Butler Bulldogs. I mentioned the Butler Bulldogs upsetting Villanova a few minutes ago. But taking a look at Seton Hall, the leading scorer was Jared Roden with 14 points and Sandrew Mamukelashvili with 11 points for Kevin Willard's team. Chuck Harris once again had 14 points, but Jared Bolden had 16 points. Both of them were consistent this week. Taking a look at positives for both teams is for Seton Hall, they were actually able to limit turnovers only to 12. And yes, 12 is not great, but it's better. And they actually turned the ball over more towards Butler than they did themselves. Now, Butler's good stat here is they out-rebounded Seton Hall by eight rebounds. They shot 93.8% from the free throw line, only missing one free throw. And they were able to limit their fouls in this game. Now, Seton Hall's downside here was just their shooting. 37.9% from the field, 22.2% from beyond the arc, and 28.6% from the free throw line. That is ugly shooting. They only scored 52 points in this game. Now, granted, Butler only scored 61, but Butler shot the ball a lot better. And Butler's only downside that you can really say in this game is that they only had one block. But honestly, blocks aren't the biggest stat when it comes to basketball. So if you only have one block, Laval Jordan's going to take it. Butler won this game 61-52. to Now you're starting to wonder, is Seton Hall going to fall out of the March Madness bracket? Now, the last game where I'm going to talk about today, St. John's, the only team I haven't mentioned yet. The Red Storm took on the Villanova Wildcats, and Julian Champagny had 16 points for the Red Storm in Mike Anderson. So, I think, like I said, he's one of the most underrated Big East players, and Isaiah Moore actually had 10 points coming off the bench, but for Villanova, Caleb Daniels had 17 points, and Colin Gallipsy and Jermaine Samuel shared 14 points coming up there. Now, the big stat for both teams. St. John's actually did a very good job at turning over the ball on Villanova. However, they weren't doing a good job at keeping the ball either because Villanova forced 15 turnovers. But against a top-ranked team like Villanova, they kept the pressure on and they were able to get some turnovers on that mark. Villanova's big thing is that they out-rebounded St. John's by 7 rebounds, had 41 rebounds the entire game, and 8 offensive rebounds. This down stat for St. John's, once again, their shooting wasn't great. 36.2% um, from the field, 13% from beyond the arc, and only 61% from the free throw line. And Villanova's down stat here is blocks. And like I said with Butler, blocks isn't the big basketball stat you want. But you kind of surprised me because Villanova kind of has a bigger team. I wouldn't say like a ridiculously bigger team. Obviously, there's a couple other biggest teams that are bigger than these guys. But with someone like Jermaine Earl Robinson, you'd expect a couple more blocks. But they only had one. But you know what? If that's one of their worst stats, that's okay. They also had 20 fouls, so they were a little aggressive on defense. Now, taking a look at the Big East Awards this week, the Big East Basketball Player of the week will go to Paul Scruggs from Xavier, scoring 23 points against the Creighton Blue Jays on senior night. He really, really helped that team win 
against a ranked Creighton Blue Jays team. Now, the biggest bench player of the week is actually going to go to Justin Lewis from Marquette, who actually scored 14 points against the UConn Huskies coming off the bench and was their second best scorer in that game over four other starters. So huge stat there for Justin Lewis. However, my biggest basketball team of the week is going to go to the Butler Bulldogs for knocking off the Villanova Wildcats. So congrats to Laval Jordan and the Butler Bulldogs. That is a huge stat to get at the moment. Now, taking a look at the AP poll, things are a little bit different now. We saw that the Baylor Bears lost to Kansas, and we also have been seeing um, a lot of these top teams losing. So I'm just going to go through the AP poll very, very quickly here. Number one is Gonzaga. Number two is Michigan. Number three is Baylor. Four, Illinois. Five, Iowa. Six, West Virginia. Seven, Ohio State. Ohio State was ranked third, dropped four spots. Alabama, eight. Houston, nine. Villanova, Big East basketball team, is at 10. Florida State at 11. Arkansas, who has really stepped it up towards the end of the season, has 12. Kansas, 13. Creighton dropped a spot down to 14. Texas, 15. Oklahoma, 16. Oklahoma State, 17. Texas Tech, 18. San Diego State, 19. Loyola, Chicago, the Ramblers stay in it at 20. Virginia, 21. Virginia Tech, 22. Purdue, 23. Colorado, 24. And Wisconsin, 25. And listen, I know I've not been a big fan of the Michigan Wolverines this season, but you know what? They've proved me wrong. They've knocked off some big teams. I think after that Ohio State game, I was like, you know what? They're a good team this year. I cannot call them overrated anymore. They're a good team. I'm, I think the thing is with me in the Michigan Wolverines, I wasn't the biggest fan of John Beeline, but with Juwan Morgan, I have a lot more respect for Coach Morgan. Gonzaga, though, Gonzaga's had two close calls in their conference this year. And let's be real, the West Coast Conference isn't a very good conference. BYU is a good team. Um, they almost lost to Loyola Mount. Um, in the first half, they were losing. And of course, then Gonzaga took it from there. I think Gonzaga needs to move to the Mountain West or maybe even the Pac-12 to get some real competition. I think the Mountain West would be more fitting because if Gonzaga's losing to teams in the West Coast Conference, then they shouldn't be going all the way to the Pac-12 where you're seeing teams like Oregon, Colorado, and those teams there. So I think they should be moved to the Mountain West where they can take on teams like San Diego State and other teams like Colorado State as well. So the biggest, I think the team that is the most overrated right now is Houston. And that may have come as to a surprise to a lot of you. Yes, they're in the American Athletic Conference, but they've lost games. I think they should be in the top 25, but they've lost a couple games. They lost to Wichita State, and Wichita State's not great this year after losing their head coach, Greg Marshall, who I'm glad is no longer the coach of the Shockers. But, you know, it's just a tough field of the AP poll. And honestly, I think Gonzaga is going to stay undefeated the rest of the season. So I don't think anybody else is going to take that one spot. I don't know if Michigan will stick it out at the two and maybe Baylor will stay at the three. Now coming to bracketology this week, I'm just going to label the big East teams, but I'm going to say this. I have a new number one seed and I've been looking all over ESPN, CBS sports, just to see some other opinions. A lot of them had Illinois as a one seed. Don't get me wrong. Illinois is, a great team. However, they lost to a non-ranked Michigan State Spartan team, and they lost to Iowa. Yes, Iowa's a very good team this year. 
I put Alabama as my one seed, and that is a surprise, and it surprises me too. Yes, they lost to Arkansas, but Arkansas is a great team. Meanwhile, Illinois lost to an unranked Spartans team. Okay, so that is why I picked Alabama over Illinois to as my one seeds. And if you want to see my full bracket, it's going to be on Twitter. And in fact, we're going to be doing a couple bracketology episodes, one right before Selection Sunday and the day after to fill out our brackets. And I am going to have a guest on the show, and I'm really excited because you guys are very familiar with him if you have followed me in my other podcast that I used to have. So taking a look at the Big East basketball teams and how they are seeded. Villanova was a two-seed. I dropped them down to a three-seed after their loss to the unranked Butler Bulldogs. Xavier, I keep them as an eight-seed for now. They really are on the brink of dropping down to a nine-seed, but as of right now, they stick to the eight-seed. Creighton went from a four to a five-seed after their loss to the Xavier Musketeers. And then looking at some other teams here, we have Seton Hall, who's actually now a 12 seed instead of an 11 seed. And honestly, guys, they're on the brink of being out of the March Madness tournament, which is something that would be very disappointing to see. UConn stays at a 10 seed. I think they're going to make the tournament. I just don't know what seed would be right for them in that case. Now you're probably wondering, Brandon, where's St. John's? I actually no longer have St. John's in my bracket anymore, so... Yeah, you know, the Big East is getting competitive, and St. John's can't afford to lose games because then guess what? You're not going to be in the tournament anymore. Anyways, that should do it for this episode of Beyond the Basket. I am so pumped. You know, these basketball tournaments are starting to start, or these conference basketball championships and tournaments are starting to start to see which teams will make the big dance. And you know what? The Big East tournament is a week away. Insane stuff like that. Anyways, my name is Brandon Muting, and I will see you guys next week.